you are currently listening to the Langus Cast, and if you're currently not listening to it, but somehow you're hearing this, I don't know how the fuck that works, and you should probably tell me your secrets, um, if they are tellable secrets, I guess if they're two tellable secrets, they're not really much of a secret, so, I don't know, do what you will with that, I, I still don't know how you're hearing it without listening to it, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's some sort of telepathic thing in the future, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm curious about that, if you're doing that. Um, anyway, this is the Langus Cast. Uh, it's been a little over a couple of weeks since I put out the last episode, which was not my plan at all. But I've been feeling a little fucking depressed lately. Um, I've been feeling real dissatisfied with, quote, normal life. Uh, I went to Muddy Roots a couple of weekends ago, which was great. It's exactly what I needed. I needed a road trip to a place where I have never been. I needed to see a lot of cool live music that I haven't seen. And I did all that, and it was great. And then I had to come back to fucking bullshit pandemic life in Wisconsin. And... (laughs) Uh, I'm not happy about it. I'm not fucking happy about it. I'm trying to find a part-time job so I can have a little bit of money coming in while I am trying to do my own things because I've decided I don't want a job. I want my own self-made streams of income. I want. I don't want a job. I just want sources of income, if that makes sense. And looking back on that... Or looking at that that way, it's I, I feel like it puts me in a better mindset. A job, I'm working for someone else. I'm ultimately making someone else money. And that's fine as long as I'm okay with making money for someone else. But I don't want to sell my life to some rich fuck, to some fucking corporation, to, to whatever. Because that's what a job is. It's selling your time. And a lot of people don't look at it like that that way, and then they don't understand why I have my attitudes the way on it. I'm like, I don't want a job. I don't want to sell my time to someone else. I want to make my own money. I want to do it on my terms. I live the rest of my life basically on my own terms, so so why can't that be part of that too? So anyway, I've been getting depressed trying to find a fucking job, and... My bank account is running out of money. Muddy Roots ended up costing a lot more money than we expected because our truck broke down in in southern Illinois. We were pretty much halfway there to Tennessee. And um, that was the whole thing. We had to rent a car, uh, extra hotel nights, extra... we, We had to spend more money for extra nights in a hotel and whatnot. Uh, while the truck got fixed, um, but uh, I'll get a little more into that when I, I get more into the muddy roots. But life's been difficult coming back, and uh, I definitely have the blues, the the road blues, the, the in this specific case, the muddy blues, we'll call them. And um, it's just, it is what it is. I've always had this coming back from road trips. Uh, coming back from different situations where I got to travel, where part of me is like, yeah, it's good to come home, but the other part of me just wants to stay on the road forever. This is a part of me that just wants to keep seeing new places and meeting cool people in strange lands. It's There's a lot of that world out there that I haven't seen. There's a lot of this country out there that I haven't seen yet. And I, I just want to do that. I just want to travel around. Maybe tour with some comedy. Tour with some... Definitely tour with music. I just need that in my life. I need to sonically pummel people. While simultaneously scaring the assholes of the crowd. By making unbreaking eye contact with them. I need that in my life. I need to meet new people from other places. I need to I need to see new things. I need to get out of the routine of life. I, I don't fit with normal life. I'm not the kind of person that can just go to the same job every day and do the same thing while I'm there. I just, 
I can't do it. I'm not built for that. That's not the way my brain works. And after the brain surgery stuff, I really don't feel like that because uh, that that whole experience taught me that that life is short. Our time here is limited. That a lot of the bullshit we do here doesn't fucking matter in the large scale of things. I'm not wasting my life going to a job to make money for fucking material possessions or whatever the fuck. I want to pursue happiness. And I feel like happiness all the time isn't a good thing, but pursuing it is definitely not a bad thing. Pursuing happiness is a lot better than pursuing money, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't give a fuck about money. The only I only care as much about money is that I have enough of it to be comfortable. Because that's how society works. We've made this bullshit called money in place of trading goods or however the fuck money started. I don't know. So that's frustrating. I'll get to where I need to be. I know I am, but it's just, it's hard right now. I'm barely doing comedy because I don't have a car to get to Madison, but that should soon be fixed thanks to thanks to an awesome relative of mine, unlike the shitty relatives that I talk a lot more about on here. I probably should talk about the good relatives more. There's plenty of them. There's actually more of them than uh, the shitty ones, but the thing is, negativity tends to take over, unfortunately. It's like having that shitty co-worker. That makes your job more difficult. It's just like, oh, okay. There's a lot of cool co-workers, but the, the, the shitty one's the one fucking up my life. The shitty one is the one I'm focused on not wanting to be shitty, you know? <laughs> but it is what it is. It's just, and one of these days I'll get some live music going again. And Well, over this winter, one of my old bands... Looks to be coming together. We're planning on writing new material. We're planning on revamping it. Uh, instead of being a three-piece, we're going to go as a two-piece and uh, and go from there and see if we want to even add another third person again. So that's something to look forward to. Um, winter's coming. My job at the ski hill will be coming back, and I'll be able to do that again. So that's I like that job. That's something good. Uh, I've been able to work my, my sound job at the bar in Madison because there's been some live music and uh, my boss told me that uh, there's she's going to be booking more live music again. So that's a good thing too. So not everything's bad. Um, it's not. There's, there's some other stuff going on um, that's been difficult. Uh, my, my dad's been worse. He... Um, he's not diagnosed yet, but, uh, he's doing Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's-y things. <laughs> what an awkward way to say that. Um, it looks like he's developed, has developed Alzheimer's, and it runs in his side of the family. And we don't know that's what it is yet, but... He's doing everything exactly like everyone else in the family has done at this point. He's 65, and he's doing all the stuff that they did at that age when they started developing it in the early stages. And as my cousin put it when I was talking to her about her mom having it, it's going to be a long, shitty road. There's no way around it. So, I need to spend more time with my dad while he's still himself. Now I'm getting emotional, but that's fine. Gotta let it out. Myself, along with too many people, have just let this shit 
Just, I just let you let bottle shit up, and it's not fucking healthy. Sometimes I'll just find myself just fucking crying out of nowhere, which can be awkward in public. See the two hundred and fifty pound fucking metalhead. With a bunch of tattoos, wearing all black with some crazy, crazy shit on his shirt. Looking like some mix between some Vietnam vet that joined a biker gang after the war slash farmer goth. I don't know. I'm perceived as a tough guy a lot. And it makes people uncomfortable, but that's fine. If they're being uncomfortable about it, that's more their problem than mine. That probably just means they need to let their shit out, and they're not dealing with it. Some people mistake stoicism with bottling up their emotions, and that's not... It's not the same thing. But anyway. Stuff with my dad's another level. People keep telling me, oh, maybe it's not what you think. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm 99% sure right now. But it's going to be a little while before we get the actual diagnosis and just sit around and wait. In the meantime, I'm just looking into things that could slow down the progression, things that could possibly reverse different aspects of it. I just fucking hope I never have it. Like, not so much for myself. Because I won't really know what's going on. Especially towards the end, but I don't want to put my family through that. It's so fucking difficult for everybody. Times are already fucking difficult as it is, so. Guess that's the story of my life. When the shit hits, it hits. Let's just put layers on it. Because that's how life's working in general. It's just layers of shit on top of the shit. And just trying to hold on to the good things and just keep going. Because it's. There's really no other option as far as I see it. Just gotta keep on keeping on. Like, if I'm not moving forward, then what am I doing? I'm giving up. I'm not ready to do that. I feel like I'm not supposed to do that. I feel like I'm here for some reason that... Reasons that seem to be becoming more and more clear to me. But... I still don't really know. And I probably won't know until I'm in the middle of it. And then I look back and go, Oh, this is one of the reasons. This is why I'm here. Several times I could uh, that I should have died. <laughs> like looking back on it, but I'm still here. So either I'm just really fucking lucky in that way, or I'm supposed to be here. They say that there's two days in your life that matter the most: the day that you're born, and the day that you figure out why you were born. I feel like I'm closer to figuring it out, but I don't know. Most people, I feel like, don't figure it out. <laughs> and I suppose they have to come back and start over. At least that's what I think goes on. I feel like I've been on this physical plane before. 
that I've come and gone different times. I've had meditations where I've, I've had visions, I think, of past lives. I don't know. They were someone else's life in a different time, but it didn't feel like it was someone else. It just felt like I, it was me in, some, in a different body. Oh, the kind of stuff you can't talk to most people about because they think you're fucking nuts. You think you're fucking woo-woo. <laughs> and all that. God damn. But anyway, uh, let's do some Muddy Roots reeling. Got some heavy shit out of the way there. I feel better about it. Hopefully you feel better about it listening to it because a lot of people have been hitting me up about this silly little show that I do that mainly is just because it's therapeutic to me and I figure if it's therapeutic to me maybe it'll help someone else and it seems to be doing that and it's fucking great we all have our struggles right now and we can't just sit out there thinking we're perfect. We gotta, we gotta point out that life is a balance of good times and struggles. Everybody tries to put off, like tries to fake shit, like everything's good, everything's perfect, everything's wonderful. That's not how life works. So stop fucking fooling yourself or trying to fool everybody else, because it, it's really not working. Everybody has their shit. Everybody has to deal with it. And if you don't deal with it, then you have to deal with those consequences of not dealing with it, which are usually, in the long run, worse off than just dealing with it in the first place. There's a lot of ex-girlfriends of mine who did a real good job of that. I feel like I've done a good job of that in the past in certain ways, but it is what it is. So anyway... Um, Muddy Roots was fucking awesome. Um, it was my first time down there. If you don't know what Muddy Roots is, it is a music fest. Um, it's, it's, um, like a, it's a DIY music fest, I guess is what they call it. The do it yourself. Uh, it's not corporate sponsored. It's not a big fest by any means. It's, it's just done by this one guy Jason Galaz, I think is how you say his name, G-A-L-A-Z, and he has his group of people he works with, and he puts together this thing every year in in the middle of nowhere, uh, northeast of Nashville, Tennessee, and it started out as an outlaw country fest, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure, I was looking at the, like, the early lineups and stuff, and it, it just looks like it was this kind of all alt-country, outlaw country just got the weirdo country stuff, and uh, and, then, and then as it went on and got a little bigger and stuff, it became more of a thing where a lot of punk bands got added in, a lot of, there's a lot of like stoner metal, psychedelic type bands got added in, there's blues, I saw some amazing blues there, uh, I had never seen Mississippi Delta or Hill Country Blues in my life. And seeing that live for the first time out in the green rolling hills was fucking amazing. Blues, I, I was used to Chicago blues and stuff. I've seen stuff like that. Um, but, oh my god, like Terry, Terry Harmonica Bean and uh, uh, Cedric Burnside, who is, uh, if you know anything about blues, he's the grandson of R.L. Burnside, who is very, very well known. And those guys just, oh. It was moving, just powerful music. I remember when Terry Harmonica Bean was playing, and I, there was a point I was taking because I was taking pictures of all the bands that I was I was I've seen. I've kind of gotten to the point that if I'm not playing live music, I, I most likely want to be shooting it. So I was taking pictures, and I had the oh, it was just I could feel the pain. Coming through his guitar playing. He wasn't even singing at that point. It's just it's the way he played his guitar. And I could tell you, as a guy who had been through some shit in his life, and he was better for it. And then realized that I've been through some shit too, and I'm better for it too. 
And I could, at least on that level, identify with the pain. <laughs> and then, I, oh, God, I, I just started tearing up. I had, to, I had to go step off to the side. I couldn't even really see what I was doing with my camera. I just had to, just had to let it out. Then there was this moment where I saw this guy, and for some reason I thought he was with the band, with the bands or something, with the, with the with Terry Harmonica Bean or something, like he was a roadie or something. And I don't think he was though, looking back. But I, I just remember this guy I'd never seen in my life, in the middle of all this. And then I tried to like talk to him, but we're both just lost, like, just feeling this music, feeling this, just, this blues, just real blues, sang by an old black man, it's where blues came from, <laughs> you know, you just, it's like you're seeing it from the source at that point, and, oh my god, and then I remember the dude just fucking with me, goes, you don't fuck me, <laughs> Now, don't fuck with me now, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, well, I'm not going to fuck with you unless you're fucking with me, and then I'll fuck with you back. And then he just started laughing. And then we're, like, hugging <laughs> this guy I'd never met before. We're sitting there just being moved by this blues music, and we're just hugging each other. That's the shit about Muddy Roots. So, like, Muddy Roots is, like... You have all these cow punks, which is like the punk rock country folk that Nashville has a ton of. Uh, Muddy Roots is about a couple hour drive northeast of Nashville. So, like, Nashville's full of the cow punk, the country punk stuff. So, there's tons of that subculture around. There's regular punks around. There's a bunch of metalheads around. There's all the country, the regular country people around. There's the blues people around. There's all these people from these different subcultures who are in a lot of ways alike, and in a lot of other ways aren't alike, and yet everybody's getting along. There really wasn't that much shittiness considering that many people out there, out in the middle of nowhere, where you can just kind of do whatever the hell you want. I heard of a little bit of shittiness. I didn't really see that much shittiness, but like the, the stuff that I was aware of wasn't, was not bad. It's not like these big fests where... People just act like fucking jackasses. People at Muddy Roots, everybody's friends out there. Everybody gets along. People respect none of each other. People respect the grounds. They respect the land. It's just, it's just a mutual respect from everybody. And that's how life should be. Everybody should be able to just get along. Get past your differences and realize that there's more ways that we're probably alike than we're different because we're all people. We're all having a human experience. And I didn't want to leave. I wanted to live in that energy forever. I wanted to keep traveling when the fest was done. Keep seeing new places. Because it had been way too long since I'd done that. It had been a few years before my brain surgery. It had probably been a good five or six years since I did any extensive traveling. Let alone gone to some place in a different part of the country. And seeing Nashville was super cool. I'd never been to that city before. And once we got down there after our truck broke down in southern Illinois. Our truck broke down. Our clutch went out. Outside of a town called Arcola. And uh, we ended up spending the night there. Instead of getting the rest of the way to Nashville like we planned. And... Uh, Oh, and it never ceases to fail. Somebody's mowing the lawn. I don't know if that's picking up, but the, the loud-ass truck that just drove by did. The street's been quiet up until this point that I start recording. And I'm like, yeah, a loud truck will probably go by. And sure enough, some big-ass truck. But our car broke down. And my buddy Mark, Canadian Mark, he, uh, my old roommate, he, uh, 
he doesn't take things in stride quite as well as I do. And I, I've been stranded places before. I was stranded in a town, in a tiny town in northern New Mexico called Raton once when the train caught fire that was supposed to be picking us up. So we got stuck there for a long time. And pretty much for a good chunk of a day and in, in a good chunk of the night after that. I was just happy I didn't have to sleep in a train station. I was just happy there was a town where there was actually bars and restaurants and stuff open that we could go hang out in. It wasn't that bad considering, but we had to get through it. We were dealing with it. It is what it was. It is what it was. It was what it was. And, uh, and hold on just a second. I'm going to shut this window because I just feel like this lawnmower is going to be picking up. out but I probably won't because that's what I do I just do the bare amount I'm gonna shut that door too I just do the bare minimum of editing because if I fuck around with this thing too much I just don't get it out but yeah a truck broke down in Arcola, Illinois and we were stuck there and we eventually had to get the truck towed to another town to a Nissan dealership where they could actually get the parts because the the two shops and in small ass Arcola couldn't really get the parts and didn't the dudes didn't really know how to work on things so we ended up uh having to get the truck towed to the next town down and then uh from there we ended up renting a car and getting our getting the rest of the way to to Muddy Roots which because at that point, we were already halfway there. So what was the point of coming back? Like, we were going to get there. That's, that's just how it goes. If you make it that far, just keep going. Figure it out on the way back, if we needed to. Which then, we ended up spending an extra night in Nashville, which turned out okay. Um... Spending an extra night in Nashville um, because we thought the truck would be done by Monday and then we forgot Monday was Labor Day. So the truck instead wasn't done on Tuesday, but we ended up, uh, but we ended up uh, coming back anyway. Uh, arranged to drop the rental car off in Madison and... I don't know. I don't think Mark's truck is back yet. They were supposed to take it back to a dealership in Milwaukee or something. and I don't know if they've done that or not yet. I was been talking to Mark about getting giving him a ride over there. So, I don't know. That is what that is. So, uh, despite the uh, vehicle mishaps, we made it to Muddy Roots. And I just remember as soon as we got on the grounds there... This is in uh, in the hill country in Tennessee, and it reminded me a lot of the area in South Central Wisconsin where like I, I grew up and have spent a lot of time uh, near the Driftless region, it's called, which is an area where the glaciers split off in the last ice age, and it's a very hilly region where a lot of the area nearby is fairly flat. Like the north woods of Wisconsin and stuff are pretty flat, the eastern part by Lake Michigan is pretty flat, but then you get to the the, the south central slash southwest in general, western in general. There's there's a, this big hilly area with these just green rolling hills or trees and stuff. And, and being out in the hill country in Tennessee, it just reminded me of that. It just reminded me of home. I I felt at home right away. I just felt the energy from all the good cool people there, and I knew I was gonna love it. And it was awesome. It, it, just being out in the middle of nowhere, camping, just doing our thing. It was fucking great. And Nashville was cool. We spent some time in Nashville. 
Um, we went down Broadway, which was the big, uh, the big touristy area, which was kind of cool for about 20 minutes until we got sick of the fuckery. It was like a Wednesday night. The streets were packed with drunk people everywhere. All these bars had all these live music playing, but then we got, we got bored of it. Like, we just kind of walk up, because all these bars would have, like, the front windows open, so you could just hear the music everywhere. And then until we realized it was just kind of the same version of the same bar with a different versions of the same bar with the same band playing, more or less. We got sick of that real quick, and uh, eventually I walked up to a bouncer who looked like a metal dude. He had a big beard. He had, like, leather leather wrist cuff things, like wristbands, whatever, on. He had a bunch of, like, demonic-looking tattoos and stuff, and I'm just walk up to that dude going, like, all right, where's a good dive bar around here? Where's a good chill spot to just hang out? Where's... Where would you like to hang out? What? Because I feel like where you would like to hang out is probably the same place we would like to hang out. And he looks at us and he's like, yeah, it's a 10 minute drive from here. There's a place called the Cobra. And we real. he's like, I think you guys like it there, which we did. We fucking loved it there. It was, uh, it was like, the weirdo bar. It was like the punk metal bar. The head shows. It reminded me of the bar I work at in Madison. The Wisco. It really does. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. We found the Nashville version of the Wisco. Because every decent sized city, especially one that has a good music scene, has that version of that bar. And I like to find the weirdo bar. And I did. And it was super cool. Uh, the, it was... It was just like, I felt at home there right away, walked in. It was just a bunch of punks and metalheads, mostly country punks, because it was Nashville. And and then there were, there were other people there, too. It was just a bunch of, like, black kids and stuff hanging out. I'm like, fuck, it's like the Wisco. Like, it's just all these different people, and we're all getting along and having a good time, and it's fucking great. So, uh... We ended up spending, like, the majority of the night there. We spent the whole rest of the night there. We didn't leave till bar time, which was 3 a.m. in Nashville, so it was fun. I will definitely be visiting the Cobra whenever I may be in Nashville. That's that's for sure. And then, then there's, like, weird connections. Like, we kept having all these weird Wisconsin connections with people. Because in the South, people have to make comments like, Oh, you sound like you're from Wisconsin. It's like, yeah, you figured me out. That's exactly where I'm from. That's where I was born and raised. That's where I still live. Of course I sound like from Wisconsin. And then people are like, oh, I love Wisconsin. I have relatives up in Wisconsin. I've, I've vacationed in the Dells up in Wisconsin. I've done this and that. I, I used to live in Wisconsin. There was a few of those. And then, uh, then it was just kind of this funny thing when I mentioned I was from Ma- the Madison area of Wisconsin, and then one bartender at the Cobra goes, oh, do you know blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know her. And he's all like, oh, yeah, we, we knew each other in Chicago. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, all right, another weird connection in Nashville, in Tennessee, in whatever. <laughs> and then on the way back, it was it was pretty cool. We uh, uh, got to visit my, well, she's my dad's cousin, but. I don't know, it's just easier to call her my aunt, I guess. And uh, she took us out for for dinner. It was kind of an early birthday dinner. It was the day before my birthday. And uh, went to this old place called the Elliston Place Soda Shop. I might have said that wrong. I think it, I think it was Elliston Place Soda Shop. And it was like this old, old style diner, which was super cool. And oh my God, I was eating the shit out of fried green tomatoes and fried okra. And oh my goodness, and I had this big old slab of meatloaf that was so good. And, and uh, we were having a fun time there. And talking to the owner of the place, who was a Milwaukee native, when he realized we sounded like we're from Wisconsin, he's just like, wait a minute, I'm from Milwaukee. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> and uh, he was like my aunt. He, uh, he went to college down there and just kind of never left. 
and uh, we were talking to him, and he was talking about how the uh, the place had barely stayed open um, during the shutdowns in the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm glad they stayed open. I'm glad they made it. It was a cool place. The food was good. Um, you could tell it was a good place to work. You could tell all the employees liked their jobs, because um, that's something as a service industry person, it's um, it's very obvious to me if people don't like their jobs where they're at. I if I'm looking for a new job in a bar or a restaurant or something, I will go there and hang out and just kind of get the vibe for things and see how people like it there. Um, but yeah. So, there was that. We got to go to Centennial Park or something, where there was a big-ass uh, replica of the Parthenon, just in the middle of Nashville, <laughs> which was kind of weird, but it was kind of cool all at the same time. And it was cool because it had the colors, like the Parthenon, like like the Parthenon originally had with like the, the painted, with the red, blues, and yellows. Or red, blue, and gold, I guess it is more like painted. And uh that was awesome. That was that was super cool. And uh Nashville's a cool city. We got to go see a music row where most of the music industry still is in Nashville. Uh but yeah, Nashville's a rad city full of full of lots of awesome music. Uh I saw a lot of Nashville local bands at Muddy Roots. There was a smaller stage uh, in what they called the No Rest Tent. And uh, I called it the Basement Show Tent because that's what it felt like. It felt like being at a basement show or something. Or just a show in a small bar. It, it had that kind of vibe. And a lot of the bands that were playing that were Nashville locals. And, oh, shit, I saw some cool stuff. And there, there, was, a, there was this killer thrash band called Waxed. W-A-X-E-D, Waxed, and uh, they're all so good, so good. They they just had this, they were just this furious thrash with like southern groove mixed in from time to time, and I don't know how the hell they did it, but they did it, and it was so good. I heard a lot of good things about that band, so I made sure I went and saw them, and holy shit, yeah, so glad I did. Um. There's a black metal band called Spider, S-P-I-T-E-R. Uh, they were good shit. Um, there was this really heavy doom band called uh, The Wall, or not The Wall, My Wall. My, I keep saying the wrong thing, My Wall, which was an apt name for them. Holy shit. Um, total wall of sound. Just sonically pummeling. It, oh, so good. Um trying to remember who else I saw, but, oh, so, there was just so much good music, old and new, uh, Weed Eater was playing there, Weed Eater's rad, I'd seen them a couple times, it was super cool seeing them out in the hills like that, um, Bongzilla was there, which was super cool seeing those dudes, I know those dudes from Madison, and, Oh, there was this point during Bongzilla while they're playing. Um, if you've ever seen Bongzilla before, you know that uh, that they uh, they play with green lights. They always turn all the stage lights completely green because marijuana, I guess. And uh, oh, it was so cool seeing those guys outside of Madison. And well, first of all, the it was a very uh, it, like, there was a lot of people in the crowd who had never seen them before. And I had only seen them play in Madison, where half the crowd is the hometown crowd. Half of it's maybe from out of town, but then there's half the crowd that's just like, eh, we know you guys, we've seen you before, you know. It's, it's cool, but, you know, whatever. And... So there's kind of like that, it doesn't quite have the same energy as, like, the crowd, uh, like, just the main stage was just packed with people and just so stoked to see them and like people were just going nuts for them and it was so cool to see that and you could tell those dudes are having a blast playing out there and at one point I was taking side stage shots and I just kind of paused for a minute and I looked out in the crowd 
most of the cloud crowd is lit green by the green lights and just tons of smoke rolling up the crowd. There were people just out there ripping bongs in the middle of the show, which you don't get to do normally when you see bongs. They're like, yeah, people are going to be smoking and stuff during it, but like they full on had bongs out there because you're out in the middle of the hills in Tennessee. Like, oh, it was a beautiful moment. It was such a beautiful moment. It, I was so stoked to have been there for that uh so cool um but yeah there's a lot of bands i didn't know black venus was cool i think they're nashville locals uh i saw a killer band from michigan that actually got added on uh wizard rifle kind of spaced out stonery stuff they were on tour with the sword um they're actually playing madison tonight but i don't think i'm gonna make it to madison and I'm a little bummed about that. I'm also super fucking broke, so I don't need to be spending the money on tickets and gas and everything, unfortunately. I'm sure I'll see the Wizard Rifle dudes again. And um, Telekinetic Yeti from Dubuque, Iowa, they were out there playing the main stage. They're fucking sick. Um, oh, so much good stuff. James Leg. I wish I got to see more of that dude bluesy organ playing with Tom Waits gritty ass voice just soaked with whiskey and cigarettes <laughs> oh god damn they did I mention Black Venus yeah Black Venus was cool James Leg was cool um Voodoo Glow Skulls were out there making me all nostalgic for my uh for my skate away skate away the uh Skate the day away days. That's what I'm trying to say. That was super cool. Um, Metascopheles was out there, but I didn't get to see them. I don't remember what I was doing at that point. So much cool shit. Um, Heavy Temple. Heavy Temple was a fucking killer. There's a second time I'd seen Heavy Temple. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, the day after Heavy Temple played, I, I saw them, uh, there was like this bar set up in the merch area. There was just kind of this row of merch tents in the middle of the fest, merch and food stands and stuff like that. And there was, uh, there was like a bar sitting over there and I saw the Heavy Temple folks hanging out over there, so I'm like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go say hi, I gotta go give them good words, and I'm giving them joints, I had a cigarette case full of joints rolled, that I was just giving to everybody, and I also had these mushroom gummies that I was giving to people too, my plan was to like sell them, but like, everything was like kind of bartering and trading and stuff, and I'm giving, uh, I'm giving the two dudes from Heavy Temple, um, um, giving them mushroom gummies, which, um, I don't know what exactly these mushroom gummies are, they're THC, and then they're legal, I bought them legally, and they're, like, legit sealed in a package, and the package has, like, the drug info, or whatever you call it, supplement, like, supplement facts, whatever, or, and it has like CBD content, THC content, which which it said it was hemp extract because it was Delta 8 THC. And then it just says vaguely mushroom extract. And so like, what the fuck is a mushroom extract? I don't know what the mushroom extract is, but whatever it is, it makes me feel fucking trippy. If I have several of those gummies at once. And... I suspect it's the psilocybin equivalent, the Delta-8. That is a thing now. My science nerd buddy was sending me articles about this a while back. And it, th this is something that has been developed, but it's still in a legal gray area right now. So I think that's why it just vaguely says mushroom extract <laughs> or something like I don't know. Whatever it is, it works. And... Before this point, I had eaten probably about eight of these gummies. Because I was just like, I'm out of my roots. I'm just going to... I've never really taken more than like four of these. So I'll take like six of them. 
So I, I took four at first, and then waited a, like an hour or so, took two more, I was at six. It didn't really seem to be doing a whole lot, so I took two more like an hour later. So I had like eight of them. <coughs> Excuse me. And I had like eight of them at this point, and I'm giving the guitar player and the drummer from Heavy Temple these gummies. I think they, they each took two of them and just ate them right away. Um, the singer, bassist, the priestess of Heavy Temple herself, um, she took a joint, but she didn't want the gummies. And then she's like telling her bandmates, like, I'd be careful with the gummies. You don't know what they are. And I'm just like, yeah, she's not wrong. And, uh, she didn't want a gummy, but she t she was happy with the joint I gave her. I tried to give her two joints, actually. She wouldn't take the second one. I was like, you have no idea how much of this stuff I have. <laughs> like, take two joints. I'm a fan. You folks rule. You're awesome. I love your band. And, uh... But, yeah... And then I ended up taking two more of the gummies. There was these other dudes that were standing around... I was trying to remember, because when I walked up to the Heavy Temple people, uh, the, the guitar player and the drummer both had their hair braided, because the, the, the bassist, the singer, the priestess, the Heavy Temple priestess woman, <laughs> because that is what she is, it's her band, she's like the main person in that band, she's the only consistent member of the lineup, like, I, I'm pretty sure she writes the music and then finds people to go along with it and stuff. And so anyway, she was braiding their hair, and then these dudes, the dudes from Heavy Temple are, like, telling me and these other metalhead guys that were standing there like, that have long hair, like, she'll braid your guys' hair, too, if you buy her beer. And I'm like, all right, I'll buy her beer. This is funny. Yeah, I'll braid my hair. Why not? Let's do it. I cut a bunch of, had a bunch of my hair cut off, but it would have made better braids longer. I could have really rocked some braids, but you know what? Let's whatever. Let's do it. <laughs> I still have plenty of hair to get braided at this point. So, but not long after that, because I ate like the two more gummies, and then all the gummies started to kind of hit at once. Took forever. It took like all day, and I started tripping out. And then I was sitting there like I don't know what to do. I, I'm around too many people. I need to get away from all the people and the noise for a little bit. I need to go somewhere and just sort through my thoughts right now because there's a lot of thoughts happening. And then I remembered Mark talking about how he got too stoned one night and he just kind of laid in the grass by a hill and just looked at the stars and stuff. And I remembered that and I'm like, I need to go sit on the hill. So I disappeared, and I went and sat on this hill for hours. It was, I don't even know how long. I pretty much sat there till the music was done that night, <laughs> which was a while. Just contemplating life, thinking about things, looking at the stars, watching these clouds roll in. I went into a trance out there at one point. I didn't really fall asleep, but I kind of, I just went somewhere and came back. <laughs> I was still on the hill, just sitting on the hill, wondering how I didn't fall over, laying down. I was just sitting up still like, okay, still on the hill, overlooking the fest. It was, it was, a, it was, I don't know, it was what needed to happen. I'm not mad about it, for sure. Definitely not mad about it. But. One thing I didn't mention was a, a friend of mine had died. We found out the morning we left that he died the night before. Um, it was an overdose situation. And. Uh, he's the 10th person I've known in just over a year who has died. And. Didn't really put a damper on things, but he came to mind a lot. And I thought about how he would just want me to have a good time out there. And I did. But fuck. 
the majority of people I know that died have been overdoses and suicides. One was a car accident, a couple have been medical issue things, but other than that, overdoses and suicides. This, this pandemic stuff is just fucking awful on people's mental health. We gotta take care of ourselves. We gotta take care of ourselves so we can help take care of each other is what it gets down to. I've been saying that a lot on here, and I'm gonna keep fucking saying it. But yeah, at one point I think about Joe, my friend who just died. He was a regular at the bar I worked at. I hung out with him outside of working at the bar and stuff. He lived down the street. He'd invite me over. I'd go hang out and stuff. And uh, he was a likable dude. He was a good guy. People liked him came back and did his celebration of life slash memorial service thing at the bar and I, I worked that night and it just oh it was hard. It was just that funeral vibe. That emotionally draining funeral vibe. Watching another friend of mine who was close friends with him just break the fuck down the whole time. She just oh she just couldn't keep it together. She's been through a lot herself, and that's been added on top of it. But yeah, that was part of... This is part of... <laughs> part of why coming back has been so much fun. But, uh... But yeah, so I had my moment up on the hill. I digress. Back to Muddy Roots. I just wanted to talk about Joe a little bit because I forgot to mention him in the beginning. So I had my moment of being out on the hill and being very introspective and <laughs> I remember uh, well we, we and uh, Violet was her name is her name um, there was uh, these, this Birmingham crew we met and uh, they were our camping neighbors. They were camping next to us in the same area. And uh, we made friends with all of our camping neighbors. Um, and there's this crew from Birmingham, Alabama that were that were our camping neighbors. And uh, two of them, two of them in this Birmingham crew, Violet and Destiny were their names. And they were these sideshow clowns who do this like sideshow burlesque clown show deal and uh i believe they tour and stuff doing it from talking to violet about it afterwards since we've been back and uh i just remember talking about going like tripping on the hill and i remember destiny had she well violet had taken one of my my mushroom gummies but she hadn't ate hers yet i think destiny ate two of them and then she was all like those things are fucking strong. Those things are stronger than I expected. I'm like, yeah, they can do that. But sometimes they're also not as strong as you expect. I don't know. Mushrooms are tricky, I guess. They're little tricksters at times. They, they fuck with you sometimes. You think you know what's going on with them, and then you don't. They'll throw a little, they'll throw a little curveball at you. Just keep you on your toes. But uh, I remember talking about, I'm like, I ate like 10 of those fucking gummies and I sat on a hill and just being introspective for several hours. And I just remember Violet just laughing, going, that sounds like a very you thing to do. And I'm like, I guess it was. I mean, it's me and I'm doing it and I do shit like that all the time. It definitely makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, the Birmingham crew were awesome. There was a... Uh, there's some people from Tennessee who only drove a couple hours away. The one dude's name was Jensen. I'm trying to think of everyone else's name. Um, they were awesome. Um, there were some people from the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, that were that were hanging out one night. Uh, we were at Jensen's tent with his fire and stuff. <laughs> and uh, it was just this funny moment of... So there was the Birmingham crew, there was this Pacific Northwest crew, and then there was the 
the Tennessee. Well, we'll, we'll put the Birmingham and Tennessee together because they were all Southerners. So there's a bunch of Southerners. There was a few people from the Pacific Northwest, and then there was a few people from, um, well, and then there's Mark and I from the North. I guess that was about it. And there was, there was this really funny point where we were all at different points using different regional slang terms that nobody else in the group would understand. So, like, I'm sitting there learning this new slang and thinking it's hilarious. Like, uh, one, this one southern one is Saigonklin. <laughs> and then I remember Violet going, do you know what Saigonklin is? And I'm like, nope. And then she's like, using it as an example, she says something like, he built a shed, but it was a little Saigonklin. And then she had her hands even, and then she made her hands like uneven, like cockeyed, like one lower and one higher. I'm like, oh, Saigonklin. And then I start using Saigonklin in sentences, right? And they think it's funny. And then somebody is just like, no, what the fuck is Saigonklin? And then she goes, you know what cattywampus is? And then I'm all going, I know what cattywampus is. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, Saigonklin is the same as cattywampus. It's basically synonyms right there. You, Saigonklin and cattywampus are, cattywampus are interchangeable. <laughs> and... I don't know. It was just a really funny moment. And then at one point, there, Violet starts doing this thing because she she was walking around with a balloon pump. There was one point I sat in a chair. She was sitting there. There's a balloon pump, like a hand pump, sitting in a in the drink holder of the camping chair. And she's like, "Don't don't don't sit on the balloon pump now, you know. Don't don't get yourself all pumped up for nothing or, or something." She said. And then I'm like, oh, you do have a balloon pump. She's like, I told you I was a clown. I'm like, I believed you, you were a clown. That's Of course you have a balloon pump. She was making balloon animals and stuff for people. Different things like that. She was making little balloon swords, I think, at one point. <laughs> and uh, so she grabs her balloon pump and she starts blowing up like one of those long balloons, like the clown balloon things that you make balloon animals and shit out of. And... She just starts shoving it down her throat. So it's probably about a three-foot balloon. And she just starts, like, sword-swallowing. She starts putting it down her throat like she's sword-swallowing. And this is part of her stage show trick she does. And she's doing, like, the thing where she bends over at the waist, like, ah, like with the balloon sticking out of her mouth like the sword-swallowers do. And she just keeps, like, working it further and further down her throat until she, she has a, a good chunk of it down her throat at one point. And she's sitting there, and people, most, I remember a lot of the crowd was just losing their fucking minds. I was laughing my ass off, because, number one, I didn't expect that to be a thing to happen, and number two, it just started happening out of nowhere, like, nobody, like, nobody was mentioning anything about shoving any balloons down throats or anything like that. She just starts doing it, and it's fucking hilarious, and I'm laughing at everybody losing their minds, and I'm laughing at her, just, she's just doing her, her thing, and then eventually she does a thing where she bites on it or something, so it pops, and then the balloon just disappears. I suspect it was probably a trick where she held it, the balloon in her mouth or something, and, or I don't know, maybe she really does swallow the balloon, I don't fucking know, but everybody's convinced that the balloon's in her stomach at that point, and, and, and somebody goes, how many of those can you fit in there? And she just puts on this sweet southern accent, and just pats her stomach, and she just goes, oh, a few, you know, just a few. <laughs> like, oh, it was so fucking funny. I would like to get her. She has been added to the list. I gotta talk to her about it, but I'd like to get her on the show. Once I get guests going, she is a very fascinating person to talk to. Uh, Violet has had a very strange life from the things she told me, and she's a very good storyteller. And I would get pissed off at people because people would start talking over her and stuff. I'm like, no, she's telling a damn good story right now. I want to hear this fucking story. <laughs> but yeah, just good shit. There was a, there was this couple from Florida, total punk rocker couple. Both had like these two foot tall fucking mohawks. Lee and Roy were their names. I called them Leroy. Well, they just, they told me that to remember their names. They're like, he, he was like, her name's Lee, my name's Roy. Together we're Leroy. They were from Florida. I think they were from Tampa. They were super cool. Just, oh, so many cool people. Just 
somebody, I met this cool artist guy, uh, I forgot where he was from, he was a southerner, oh, god damn, it, it's this Muddy Roots, was great, it was so much fun, I'm going back, I am going back as many, whenever I can, I'm, I'm planning on going back every single year, if I can make it, and, uh, it's 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 like nothing else. It's it's fucking rad. It's a good time, and uh, I suggest going. I don't know. I know there's more stories and stuff, but I I could just go on and on and on and on and on and on and make this fucking episode like three and a half hours long if I wanted to, but uh, I think I'm gonna stop it there. I think I've rambled on long enough this time. Um, and um, it's difficult times out there, buddy. So stay well out there. Keep that mental health intact. Keep that physical health intact. Keep all your health intact. And uh, till next time, good luck and Godspeed. Or as Weed Eater would say, Got luck and good speed. My voice cracked, but you get the point. Outro music. Fade all the way in now.